second eye. I need to get my story straight. My friends are in the bathroom getting higher than the Empire State. My lover, he's waiting for me just across the bar. My seat's been taken by some sunglasses, asking about a scar. And I know I gave it to you months ago. I know you're trying to forget, but between the drinks and subtle things, a hole's in my apologies. You know I'm trying. The bar closes and you feel like falling down. I'll carry you home tonight. We are young, so let's set the world on fire. We can burn brighter than the sun tonight. I don't know what it is about this song, but it definitely makes me want to buy Levi's and and Volvos and new cell phones. <laughs> You're so funny. <laughs> it is. It's one of those songs that, like, I I've totally nothing against against this song. I think it's a really catchy song. I haven't heard anything else by the band that they have like the least creative uh, name ever, except that there's like no capital letters and a period. Um, but I. I, I have nothing. It's a really charming song, and it's fun, and it's got a good beat. It's mm-hmm. weird that the verse and the chorus are like two totally different songs. They're mixing it up. Or I guess it's technically the intro and the chorus yes. are two totally different songs. Um, but yeah, it's just one of those songs that like you hear it. It's like a feist song. Mm. Like the second you hear it, you're like, I'm. Wa- this is gonna be in a commercial. If it isn't already in a commercial, which I know this, you mean is, like it makes me want to buy stuff. Song, you 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 make it sound like she's getting like so much bank from so many different commercial placements. As far as I know, I can only think of one. No, obviously one, two, three, four is like her song that got used in uh, like an Apple ad. I, I think do. it was um, um, iPod. But she, there's a tone about her music. Mm-hmm. It's like, who is that Australian singer that was on Australian Idol that you really liked, Ed? Uh, uh, who had the wispy voice. Are you talking about Lisa Mitchell, who's in yes. who's Neopolitan Dreams, is like in all these commercials? Exactly. Like, Lisa Mitchell's entire album sounds like it should be selling makeup. Like, there's just something about it. That... And you know what? There is more money to be made in that than there is to be in sales. IMO. Oh, without question. I am. <laughs> Amy Mann says. Amy Mann says, um, she makes no money on record sales, and her tours only make enough money to pay the band. All of her money is made on licensing. Like mm. every dime she says she makes of profit is from licensing. That's yeah. you know that's how a lot of people make their money now. Um, I'm sure people are making. A lo- I'm sure this band is making more money from Glee than they made from their version of the song. <laughs> <laughs> Which Actually, they they've been. Radio? They've been doing legit iTunes sales daily. I see I see like 60,000 even bad days 20,000 a day units moving. They're 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 doing okay. And they're like their albums like up there on Spotify most played. I don't I don't think they're suffering just yet. I I can't use Spotify at work, so I haven't been able to like connect to Spotify yet. But so is the <laughs> um they're called fun for people that are not following. Is this band like? Is there anything else? Like, do they have another single or what? Okay, is- um, they have other singles, but nothing's quite as good. I listened to the album, and it's it's kind of like if Panic in the Disco wanted to make a Queen record. That's how it, that's how I would describe it. Hmm. You know, it's funny because one of our closest friends is uh, his cousin was the bass player before the band split into the Young Veins. And uh, he said that before they did uh, Hmm. Pretty Odd, they did a record that was going to be like a Queen record. And they said it was like way too big. And so they shelved it and they did Pretty Odd, which my friend claims is because he took them all to see once. And they all sobbed and said, we should make Pretty Odd. But um, I love Pretty Odd. He says he has MP3s from this Al- this aborted album that are just like crazy giant queen circus music but I've never had he's never played them for me <laughs> well if you were to ever acquire them I would not mind listening to them <laughs> but I don't know if I don't know if I would be allowed to but I mean I I, I kind of know what that would sound like as I'm already listening to some nights which is so so, so yeah 
Okay, well, uh, welcome to the Gleeful Podcast. That was our total random tangent. No, to start it was the not show. random. It was it was Glee <laughs> related. There's a podcast. I don't. I can't exactly recommend it, but it's called uh, Citizen Radio, and they have this thing that they call. It. I can't recommend it. It's fine. It's. I mean, it's good if you're into that. It's extremely political, and I don't really listen to it anymore. But there was a time I did, and uh, but they what used to have what they called um, their douchebag buffer which was the first 20 minutes of the show, they would just talk about nothing. And they were like, if you don't like us, then this 20 minutes makes you go away. <laughs> and then if you like us, we'll get to real stuff in a little while. Um, but we're going to dive right in. You know, we uh, there's not a lot of... I think of that's called the opposite of appealing to the uh, your audience. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, a, it's the opposite of attracting new audience. How's that? <laughs> well, see, there's an argument to be made... To just focusing on one percent of the population, because if you can get them, you could charge them more. <laughs> uh, Citizen Radio makes a lot of money off of that one percent. I assure you. I mean, one um, percent of the world population is quite a few million people. <laughs> <laughs> so we do we don't have a lot of glee to talk about this week, but we will. Talk but we have about a lot a of little. things to talk about, right? Just um, things. We have some other things that we're going to talk about, and uh, you know. Um, there's, there's just some stuff, and we'll see how much we get through, and uh, it'll probably be a short one, but welcome to the Gleeful Podcast. Uh, I am Josh. We have Jen. Say hello, Jen. Hello, Jen. And Ed, as, uh, hey. as you've heard. Uh, you can find us online at gleefulpodcast.com, on Twitter at Gleeful Podcast, and I'm on Twitter as Josh Brunell. She's as Jenny B. Creative, and then we have Ed as Edward Giordano, um, and uh, you know... The only real Glee news that I have this week is that there will be no concert tour. This is not incredibly new, but Hold we haven't on, really I, talked I, about there it was more, There's more things that I know that, I, that are not really spoilerific. I thought there was more news. Well, there's, I mean, yeah, we don't really do spoilers, though. But I, mean, I said they're, that they're not spoilerific. They're okay. not real. I mean, I mean could, could you say contracts being signed for a guest star is spoilerific? I mean, kind of, but... Which, I don't consider that. Okay, well, which contract are we talking about? Which guest Matt are we talking Boomer. about? Matt Boomer. Yes, Matt Boomer's in the next episode. Yeah, that's, I mean, I thought everyone knew that. Okay, yeah, no, we can, uh, we can totally, apparently he talked, he's going to play Darren Chris's older brother. Right. Um, or Blaine's older brother, I'm sorry, yeah, not well, Darren Chris's older brother. <laughs> I believe they are the same person. <laughs> uh, and Matt Boomer, who um, is, has a lot of fangirls. I don't, I don't watch White Collar, Jennifer, do you know? Do you have any excitement here? I know nothing. I know, oh no, they didn't love him, but that's about it. <laughs> I mean, he's relatively closest, close to the hottest gay man on the planet. <laughs> oh, that's right. He came out recently. No, he came out before White Collar. Did he? I thought it yeah. was recent. No, um, I, I knew before White Collar, so. <laughs> I mean, I don't really, I don't really, like, have a gay group of friends I talk to so that's purely just from oh no they didn't I guess <laughs> uh, well yeah that'll be interesting to see him on the show you know somebody mentioned in Twitter um, that this is kind of the first time we're really going to get depth on Blaine uh, or we have the opportunity to get depth on Blaine uh, we oh yeah know we don't that... even know we're not it'll probably just be a, 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 a song and then they'll be like look we have death but not really yeah. <laughs> I mean that could definitely be what happens but it would be nice to meet a little. I mean, it'd be interesting to meet Blaine's parents or at least get some of his home life because we do know stories of, you know, him being bullied and then going to uh, Dalton. Uh, um, and we know that he was in a fight club. Uh, but then there is an argument to be made that we don't need depth on every character. And some characters are just there to kind of be a platform for other characters to develop, like Blaine being a platform for Kurt to develop. I don't know. Jennifer, do you when you watch the show, do you find yourself wanting more Blaine? Well, he's kind of an open book. He's very he's been very open about his past and, you know, why the way he is. And, you know, he's he's not shy. He's not. You know, he's not a, a closed-off person. He's very, mm. you know, feels very comfortable talking about himself. So, um, yeah, I mean, the thing is, you know, we're halfway through the third year, and there's so many other characters that we've been promised backstories on. I mean, we were promised, you know, to meet Mercedes' parents, or at least her dad, the dentist. We were, um, I think we were promised to meet uh, Tina's parents. I mean... 
It's, were we were we actually promised these things or were, were we, we discussed in passing and we assumed that they would deliver? No, in comic at Comic Con they were talking about oh oh they characters. they actually did make promises. Yes, <laughs> it was you know from reliable sources. This wasn't just you know I mean maybe they changed their mind when Darren Chris came on board and they're like okay. <laughs> well, I mean, who knows. With, yeah. with things with things with Glee, they could have like filmed like episodes of scenes, and they're like, ah, eh, just just scrap it. Yeah, I mean, and I, I wouldn't mind seeing more of you know Rachel's parents, other than, you know, so far they're just kind of caricatures of bumbling idiots who are trying to you know sandbag this wedding, and every time they try it, it backfires on them. I'm like, come on, people, be adults, and let's see some <laughs> real relationships here. I mean, obviously they care a lot about her, and they. You know, spend a lot of time on her career and her personal development. And, you know, it's just like make them real people. Don't, you know, don't don't shortchange them and don't shortchange us. Yeah, there's a difference between depth and real people, like backstory. Mm. You know, I mean, I think Blaine is a very real character on the show. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, personally, I don't starve for more depth to this character getting to know their home life yada yeah. yada but i didn't really feel like i needed all that much mike and now that I, you know and mike what little plot line he got i did <clears throat> kind of enjoy yeah i mean and, and, and depth doesn't actually have to equate into uh screen time either it just it's how you present it yeah you, you well you can't give blaine any more screen time <laughs> no no but, but what i'm saying is like okay so they are trying to give us more backstory on these other kids but you know, again, going back to Rachel's parents, it's like, okay, I, I understand, you know, they're, they're, they're cute and they're funny and they're, they're loving and adoring, but there's going to be something more. So it's not the time that we've seen them on the screen. It's the quality of their appearance. So yeah. it's like, fine, if you're going to introduce these other characters and you know, do something good with it. Yeah, at the end of the day, I have found myself pretty disappointed by Rachel's parents after two and a half seasons of, oh, we're, are we yeah. ever going to see the gay dads? Then we finally saw them, and they're kind of bland caricatures. And um, and they're both fantastic actors. I just yeah. feel like they're being, you know, again, I feel like everybody across the board is being shortchanged. So, yeah, I mean, I would, I, I would, I don't have a problem, you know, seeing more of stuff. I just want to... You know, just don't waste our time and, and don't distract from other more pressing things. That's all. Now, well, it's like like we had Santana's grandma for like one second, and mm-hmm. like we got more from her than we got from many characters. Exactly, that's totally true. It was true. so impactful. Many it was characters. so emotional, and it was so honest. You know, regardless of how, how you felt about it at the end of it, it was honest. So, yeah, that was a perfect example. Thanks, Ed. But I mean, it was it was it was a real. It was real depth, yeah. and that's that's what we want. Yeah. So someone mentioned in the chat room that uh, apparently Blaine's older brother is named Cooper, meaning that Matt Bomer will be playing Cooper Anderson. Nice. Which is kind of awesome, and I just hope he has silver hair. Um, now, th- now that we talked about Blaine, is there a character that you'd like mm. to see more depth from? Is there anybody in the show that you're you know you really want to get deeper into or get some kind of shades of gray about? Uh, Ed, does anybody jump to mind on you? I mean, obviously, my first instinct is Tina. Yeah, because she's been like, here so long. Like- what? <laughs> well, she's been in the show so long. Yeah. I mean, we've gotten shades of Mercedes, and sh- we've gotten shades of every single character. And even for Sam's parents. Like, we've seen Sam's home. Yeah, well, oh, totally. We or, would, I don't know. Tina, Tina's interesting, because I thought they were going to focus a lot on her in season four, because... Because she's she's gonna be the, she's gonna be a senior next year, That's and most true. of the main staff is gonna be gone. But but Rachel and Finn and Kurt are all still going to be there in season four, despite not oh. being sen- seniors any longer. Hmm. So I think that ultimately will lead to Tina storyline that she had a chance of getting vanishing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, She'll continue to play second fiddle for um, uh, Tina. Yeah, that's a really I mean, good one. you should think about it. The one time she finally got to perform at a event as a solo artist, like we have like a legitimate solo is when when Mercedes, Santana, Brittany and Rachel weren't performing. Like <laughs> like that's how low on the ladder she is. They're like, yeah. "Oh, you know, 
do we really want Quinn to have the solo or Tina? How are how are we doing Quinn? I think I think she's she can get it. She can, she's fine. Uh, Jennifer, are there any characters that you can jump out at you? I would love. I mean, I'd I'd really like to see Artie's family, but I would love to see Brittany's family. I would love to see these people that have, you know, raised this just sweet, loving, somewhat dim-witted creature, yeah. naive creature and you know protected her from the world as much as they could to raise this person i mean i would love to see her i would love to see them have santana over for dinner and and see how they interact with them as friends couple whatever Hmm. yeah i'd love to see britney's parents i i think they should be mensa scholars uh, both of them should be college professors mm. with uh, specialties in really obscure, like, you know, Victorian Astro religion. and neuroscience. Exactly. <laughs> like really intense, bizarre stuff. And all of her brothers and sisters should be genius. And then season, you know, uh, five, we find out that Brittany was switched at birth. Spinoff. Boom. And it writes itself. Hold on. What what, what are you trying to do? I'm just going. (laughs) Hey, this is what my brain does. Ryan Murphy, if you're listening. Yeah. (laughs) This is gold. This is gold, baby. (laughs) Uh, Well, um, news came out that there is no Glee concert tour this year. Uh, Instead, producers are going to do a one-off Hollywood Bowl benefit concert in the fall uh, to raise money for the Glee Give a Note charity. Uh, If you live in Los Angeles... um, You've been to the Hollywood Bowl, or you should go to the Hollywood Bowl. It's the greatest venue in the world, straight up. Um, yeah, it's pretty special. Hollywood Bowl's amazing. Uh, but yeah, so they're going to do this concert. Uh, this is from the Hollywood po- Reporter. They say, after spending its past two summers on the road as part of Glee Live in concert, the cast will instead receive a two-and-a-half-month hiatus. Um, quote, we currently have no plans of touring the cast this summer, a spokesman for Glee Studio 20th television tells the hollywood reporter concerning the series has yet to officially garner a fourth season renewal plans for future tours are unclear as the series takes things one year at a time in lieu of a full tour glee producers are hiring a one-off benefit concert event that likely would take place in the fall at the hollywood bowl and serve as a fundraiser for its arts education charity glee give a note the goal is to raise 10 million dollars this year but negotiations for such an event have not yet begun so nothing is set in stone um hold on they already like glee project two is already confirmed so imagine imagine for a moment that you're you're one of the kids <laughs> on glee project two and you win and all of a sudden glee is canceled <laughs> that would be pretty bizarre i mean i i was under the impression well they have that kind of standing order which like whether or not you know outside the industry whenever you hear them say like we've been renewed for three years they can take that back at any time they probably won't but they could um and so they yeah those those type of contracts are always written to the benefit of the of the of the station never to the benefit of the people making the show um but i think I, I think we can guarantee we're going to see at least a fourth season of Glee. It'll be interesting to see if we see a fifth one, though. I mean, we've still got, mm. you know, Corey Monteith, Lee Michelle, Chris Colfer. They're all under contract through season four. Um, but it'll be interesting to see if we see a fifth season. That's going to be the test. That's, that's going to be the Babylon 5. Oh, God. Babylon 5's fifth season. Let's not go there. Um, <laughs> that might be my next, um, my next series to tackle. I don't know. Yeah. Um, as somebody who's seen every episode of Babylon 5, all the movies, and ha- read the books, it. and owns every episode of Babylon 5 on DVD, even though you can watch them all on Hulu, uh, I still don't know if I can recommend that. Um, but there's so many great moments, like season three. Oh. Anyway, uh, totally off topic. <laughs> um, well, so we're going to keep enough. an eye on this Hollywood Bolt show. The tickets will probably be astronomically expensive. If they're only doing one night. If they're only doing one night. And it's, and for it's charity. Los Angeles. And it's for charity. And it's a bowl, which is what? Six, 5,000 seats? That sounds about right. It's not that many. <clears throat> I was gonna it's say, certainly no, not state. Maybe like 6,200 or something like that. So it's like $100 a ticket to get that money? Like, At least. I, I would put it closer to. 150 and up. Yeah. I would, I would think. So we will see. It'll be interesting to see if that does come together, though, um, because if it is a one-off show, they can kind of do anything they want. You know, when you only yeah, have to do it once, then they can all, record like, it and the then place. sell it. <laughs> and everybody's going to be in L.A. anyway. 
Yeah. Uh, so that could be really exciting. That is the fun thing about the bowl. We've been there before when, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's like somewhat prearranged, but we've been, we've seen performers there where they're like, hey, so-and-so is in the audience. And I mean, was it, we went to see, um, when we went to see John Williams and he brought out Oh James Taylor, James which, Taylor which is just weird. <laughs> um, I was there once to see Paul Simon and they sit in and he goes into this little thing and he's like, Oh, you know, my really good friend is here tonight to see me, so we we talked before the show and he decided to come out and it was Paul McCartney. So I mean I, I got to see Paul McCartney, you know, years before we got to see him actually touring. And yeah, I mean, so that that is the beauty of being in this area. You get to a lot of a lot of fun surprises. Uh, and everybody's in town, which are, that'll be interesting too. If they do a one-off show in Los Angeles, and the whole cast lives here, Ed, you should come out. Um, that would be a good weekend to come out, Ed. Yeah, right. That would be. I we'll mean, see. we got a new uh, sofa we'll too, <laughs> and we have a much more comfortable sofa. We have a new sofa. sofa. <laughs> I'll vault. Well, we'll have to see what my. Sign, signing bonus is going to be. <laughs> wait, wait, who are with you signing whom? with? Wait, me? What? <laughs> no, 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 no. For, for real for real jobs. Oh, awesome. Um, well, um, none of us watched 8. Uh, Ed, did you watch 8? Oh, I haven't watched it yet. I've, I've, I've heard about it, but I wasn't entirely sure. I still don't know entirely what it is, but I have uh, not well, watched it. 8 either. is, it was a play that they did at uh, the Wilshire... Um, Ebell, I believe it was mm-hmm. the Wilshire Ebell, which is a crazy theater in the middle of Hollywood, in the middle of a suburb. The Wilshire District, uh, yeah. And and it only all it does is, um, uh, oh gosh, the Wilshire Ebell. All it does is Russian concerts, and then every once in a while they <clears throat> do something random. Yeah, we went to a um, we went to a fundraiser there that was put together by um, Adam Carolla. Adam Carolla, yeah. and it was all of these stamps. We got to see you Joel, know, McHale. Joel McHale and. Jimmy Kimmel was awesome, and a um, bunch of other comics came out, and they were all incredible. But so, yeah, this this kind of strange theater, which isn't even all that big, they did a show called Eight. Uh, Dustin Lance Black um, wrote it, and it is based on transcripts from the Proposition 8 trial, which in California was a proposition that uh, was put on the books to outlaw gay marriage. Um and there's been lots of protests since it was passed, many of which we attended. Uh, but here is a, a... We did not... We have not watched it. You can watch it for free mm, on YouTube. Yeah. Um, and you should. But since we don't have a review, here's a, here's a review from one of our listeners. Uh, funnily enough, not from California. Not even from the U.S. <laughs> hey, guys. It's Lynn from Australia. And I had a Glee-related thing to talk about this week, which it's probably preaching to the choir and wrongly for a non-American telling Americans about an American issue. But I just want to say everyone should go to YouTube and watch Eight, a play about marriage equality, if you haven't already done so. Um, it's played by Dustin Lance Black, based on the transcripts of the trial on Proposition Eight, and it's just so powerful and moving. It's actually quite funny at times, even. It's got. I watched the live stream of it on the weekend, and it was just riveted. Um, and it's, you know, and it's just being done as a reading, but with a most amazing cast: Martin Sheen, Brad Pitt, George Clooney. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, Christine Lardy, who's fantastic, uh, John C. Riley, Kevin Bacon, in a really thankless role, but <laughs> doing really well, um, Matt Bomer, George Takai, um, but the Glee connection was uh, Jane Lynch, Matthew Morrison and Chris Colfer also took part. Um, Jane was quite uh, Sue Sylvesterish in a way, but incredible intensity as someone, and on, hilarious on a meta level, as someone fighting against gay marriage, Maggie Gallagher. Um, Chris Colfer was just so powerful um, and just watching him act with like George Clooney and Kevin Bacon just makes me boggle at how much, you know, where his career has gone in so, so few years. And But um, Matthew Morrison, oh my God, Glee waste him. I couldn't care less about Will these days because of the way they write him. But Matthew Morrison was so good in this. But yes, um, I think it's only available online for a limited period. So, you know, people should watch it while they can and just check it out. See ya. Bye. 
So I believe they take it off on Friday, which um, you're not even going to hear this at the earliest until Thursday. Uh, So uh, that would be Friday the 9th. So um, if you're interested, 8, it's on YouTube. Uh, You should go check it out. Uh, A lot of our listeners were watching it live, and so I was kind of catching tweets and going, what are they talking about? Oh, yeah, I was trying to figure, I was going backwards and reading everything that Typo had written, and I didn't realize they were streaming it as they were doing it. Uh, yes, yeah, so it's it looks pretty neat, and uh, yeah, there's there's not much uh, to say yeah. about that, but I do hope that people check it out because uh, um, it's it's quite an issue, and uh, it will continue to be uh, quite an issue. So um, let's talk about Smash, shall we? Smashing. Uh, Smash is <laughs> uh, well, it's I've heard it described as Glee for grown-ups. I've heard um, that I, many I don't times. believe that so much, but okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Smash is on NBC. Um, it has Catherine McPhee from American Idol season five. Six, five. five. Uh, she lost to Taylor Hicks, uh, <clears throat> but she won in our hearts. And um, not I Catherine McFeever. I no, was, not I, then. I, I am one of the few couple hundred thousand people that did purchase that first album. <laughs> I have, I have the first record. Shoes? It was horrible. Was oh, that, that song is or so high heeled. I got confused because... Open, open Toes? Because open toes. I love Open Toes! It's the best song! It's so much fun. <laughs> well, the thing is, it's like, I just... I didn't get her on American Idol. I mean, we'd get glimpses of it. I'd be like, she's just... She's so beautiful, and she's so powerful and dramatic. I mean, I'm sure we said this a hundred times over when we were doing the Idol review. She should be in musical theater. So watching her now, I am mesmerized. I think she's perfect in this role. Yeah, uh, she's, she's, she's a decent little actress. She doesn't have a personality a for a pop star, but as but as an actress, she's very. It's, yeah. it, that's. I mean, like post Idol, she was in the uh, magazine cover Ghetto for a very long time. <laughs> yeah. Well, she. Yeah, exactly. She was doing all this pinup stuff and. Stunning, absolutely stunning. I think that's the issue I had with her on Idol, and I think that's why she's thriving now. Is um, she's pretty blank. Uh, I just I look at her and I'm like, you're gorgeous and you sing very well, but you have zero personality. Well, and she, as a human that, being, someone I find like her that very could boring. play any role that is given to her. So exactly. She, so as so an actress, musical theater on Smash, I think she's fantastic. Uh, it's just when she has to be herself, I find her kind of boring, and she lives like. Four miles away. Well, her family, yeah. Uh, so, uh, well, yeah, maybe not well, anymore she, now that she she's married not, yeah. to a very old man. Uh, but let's uh, Smash is a TV show on NBC. Uh, you can find it on Hulu uh, if you'd like to catch up. And I think on NBC.com as well. Yeah. I think they're on episode five now. Yep. But uh, if you've been living under a rock and somehow haven't seen it, <laughs> it is about a production of a musical about Marilyn Monroe in New York and all of the foibles and the people involved, the writers, the characters. And kind of the central turning point is these two girls that are battling over the role of Marilyn, uh, one of which that got uh, cast uh, is a cl- phenomenal Broadway actress named Megan Hilty um, in real life. And then but on the <laughs> show, her name is Ivy something. And uh, then uh, Catherine McPhee, who's kind of the girl from the backwoods. Essentially, it's Marilyn Monroe versus Norma Jean is kind of the metaphor that they're playing up. But uh, they have a lot of music in the show some new songs that are for this Maryland musical and some classic songs. And uh, I thought the best way as we do on Gleeful all the time is go ahead and take a listen to one of these songs. Uh, so we'll listen to one of the songs that is cre- written for the show. And I picked this one out because Ed was tweeting lyrics of it all day. Uh, this is the 20th century Fox Mambo um, as performed by Catherine McPhee here on the Gleeful podcast. The Warner Brothers cha-cha-cha So MGM made the great world But the 20th century fox trap It's precious but precious It's not hard to make the big boys hire me Please make that real fiery Come on, boys and girls Mom. 
Uh, so there was a question in the chat room just now, uh, and I'd like to give them credit if I can, excuse me, if I can find it. Calchick83, um, who had asked, do you need to know musical theater in order to get the show? I would say no. I mean, what I like about the show is I really like that it's a lot of creative people trying to create something. You've got a little bit of the business side of how things are created. Um, you've got the creative side with the writers. You've got the actors. Everybody kind of in play. Um, and you actually do get to see numbers grow over the course of an episode. So rather than Glee, where they say, hey, I've been working on this song for sectionals, and everybody goes, oh, let me hear it. And then it's amazing. Yeah. You'll actually hear the same song over the course of an episode performed two or three times as they kind of work it out and, and add layers to it. And, you know, where it's first just Ivy and then they have the backup singers and then they do it as a full number at the end of the episode. With costumes and everything. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it, I guess it, if you didn't know anything about how entertainment is created, you might be a little in the dark. But specifically musical theater, you know, I think it. Uh, I think it's reasonably easy to follow. I mean, everybody understands what an audition is. And so beyond that, there's not a whole lot of inside baseball beyond that. Yeah, I mean, honestly, <clears throat> I mean, I've, I've seen a lot of musical theater, but I know nothing about you know, the, the writing of musical theater or the workshopping of it or anything like this. That's right. You didn't know what the book was. I didn't know what the book was, which I guess is the dialogue when they're not singing. So yes. it's, it's the script, but the non-singing script. So, I mean, other than that, it's really easy because in, in the very first episode, you have this, you know, this, um, this writing team. You know, one guy does the, the music and the lyrics. The other woman does the, the book, apparently, but they, they still collaborate. They come up with the idea, and then they go from it. They get the director, they get the producer, they get the, the, you know, you see how they work at the financing, you see how they, you know, approach the casting, you see how once the cast is in place, how they workshop it, and it's really pretty fun. And, and again, even though you're seeing maybe the same song or p portions of the same song performed throughout the episode, it never gets boring, at least for me. I mean, and, and honestly, it's getting to the point where I'm like, I want to see this musical. I mean, it's pretty impressive. They are writing a full-fledged musical. I, well, I have a theory I, that I, I pray, I pray the last episode is just the musical. Like, <clears throat> actually. I want to see the whole thing. Like, we never got to see the whole um, Rocky Horror with Glee. I hope the same thing. I, I pray that we get to see the entire production because I would love to see that. I do think it's almost essential to the way this show is designed mm -hmm. that we're building up to something. I mean, we always get reasonably abbreviated regionals on Glee, reasonably yeah. abbreviated sectionals on Glee, but we do always get to see New Direction's entire performance. Mm -hmm. And there's something about that, like growing into, you know, this performance and smash much, you know, a hundred times more so yeah. where we're going to see all the work that goes into this thing. If we don't see what that work creates, I think we're going to feel gener generally cheated at the end of it. Yeah. And it's obvious that um, uh, the musical, the Maryland musical is written by Shyman and... Uh, I don't remember the other gentleman's name, but um, someone will tell me the I know a few people room, right sure. now are probably screaming at them. Yes, exactly. Like, uh, three of them. And, uh, so, at least three, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I know all their names. But, uh, but yeah, so I'm, I, I, I get the sense that they have written an entire musical, or at least the songs. <clears throat> I don't know if there's a book written, but there definitely appears to be the songs. Uh, and they, they seem to have a certain level of intent. I mean, when they do a number, like at the end of the last episode when they did uh, Let's Be Bad, mm -hmm. they it was not just a song. It had dialogue and it had context within a larger story of a musical. Yeah. And I was kind of amazed by that to watch them actually perform a sequence from a musical and you knew what part of life her life it was and you kind of had a sense of how this was going to fit into the larger picture. It wasn't just that they had costumes on this time mm -hmm. you know it's a really interesting show um and we should definitely um uh the, there's a there's a question of whether or not we should be comparing it to glee because it got so much of like it's glee for grown-ups or it's you know i read that in a lot of reviews um i i don't it's 
I don't really see it compared to Glee, except that there's a musical element, and I think that's why the three of us are gravitating toward it, or at least initially gravitated toward it. Mm-hmm. That's why I gravitated toward Glee, because it had a musical element, and as we've discussed on previous episodes of the show, I will watch any TV show that has a musical element, even if it's the musical episode of Xena, which was not my thing. But <laughs> they sang in it, so I watched it. And so I think beyond that they don't have a lot in common i mean Mm -hmm. i find that smash is much more serious in its way much not it's a different kind of soapy it it has soapy elements but it's a different kind of soapy um and smash has one singular purpose that it's building up to where glee as much as they say like we're building up to nationals that's not what the show's about that's just where we're going to end up Somewhere near the season finale. Yeah, I mean, it's like, what's the threat of the Glee Club being canceled again this year? Is it they're running out of funding? No, they have the auditorium. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, so it is it is a little different. I mean, the other thing, too, to support the fact that it's, um, you, you don't need to know a lot about it. Um, so the character uh, that Catherine McPhee plays, her name is Karen, and as Josh mentioned, she's kind of, I don't know, she's from Iowa. She's, you know, from she's a Midwestern girl. She's Norma Jean. She's new, she's unpolished. Right. So you get to see her even learn the ropes and have people teach her along the way, you know, how to make it in this business. And it's there. There's so so much that happens. I'm always amazed, you know, when we're watching it and we're, you know, fast forwarding through the commercials and the DVR. I'm always amazed that it's like we get to one point and I'm like, wow, we're still only halfway through because they have such short scenes sometimes with people but it's always relevant it's always impactful and then they move on they don't have all these like long drawn out scenes it's just there's there's a lot of people and there's a lot of content and there's you know a lot that they need to get through so it's very first season glee in that way yeah i don't see smash i see smash uh doing the same thing that glee did quite honestly i see it having a dynamite first season that's a lot of fun to watch a second season where it can't find its footing and a third season where we all wonder why we're still watching well they they no well i i I think they made a lot of good decisions with smash because i know because smash was supposed to be on in the fall if I recall correctly. Oh, gosh, and, it would have drowned. Oh, well, then and in the fall, it was supposed to be a 24-episode season. And then they made... And then, for whatever reason, NBC made the conscious decision to to make it spring premiere, take the 24 episodes they had, and cut it down to 15. And I think the, I think those two are the best decisions that they made. Hmm. Yeah. So, Ed, as somebody who does not... Isn't quite as musical theater inclined, or at least knowledgeable um, as as me. Uh, what I know that you like Smash. Uh, what's your entry point to it, and and how do you feel about the show as a whole? I enjoy the show a lot. I think it. I think it shows. I mean, it's, not, it's obviously not the real industry, but it's far more accurate than Glee is in many ways. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's it's an abbreviated version of the industry. Like the biggest complaint I heard was I think it was Molly Keeper saying uh the the only problem I have with Smash is they make it look so much easier than it is. And no, watching Smash, she, it looks like a nightmare. That, she said that after the first episode or the second episode, but we we've, we've learned since then that it isn't even as easy as as they even implied it was. It's <laughs> like it, it felt like it felt like in the first two episodes, like, oh, it's going to happen, like, the next episode. But now now that we're starting to see that it's going to be, like, the mm-hmm. whole season, who knows, maybe even two seasons worth of preparing for this musical, which I'm mm-hmm. on board with. Yeah, they <laughs> say workshopping can take a couple of years, which oh, is God. insane. Yeah, years. Two years, so, like, yeah. Well, and there's so many stages. I mean, they they actually have a kind of perfect setup. The fact is, I mean, the challenge we have is if they're doing a Marilyn musical for years, we're going to get really bored of Marilyn and how they constantly have to, you know, work her as a metaphor into the plot lines and yada, yada. We're going to get really tired of this musical. But in real life, I mean, if you think of like, you know, Spider-Man was workshopped for a year and then it was in previews for another year and then it finally came out. And that was a really short turnaround for an actual musical. Unfortunately, I mean, most it was musicals very... go on for ages. <laughs> Unfortunately, that was a very public, painful. Exactly. 
oh, transition like, for them. Sondheim has been working on Roadshow for straight up five years. He's wow. gone through, like, you know, I have three cast albums for a musical that has never actually come out, and every cast album has a different name. So these things, you know, musicals are not like movies. Yeah. You don't just put it out and be done. You kind of keep working with it over time. They could do that. But I think the challenge is we would get so tired of Marilyn, so tired of this story mm-hmm. that they kind of have to limit it to at least a year or two. I think not, not if they, not two if they, would be pushing it. Not if they only did short seasons. I don't know. I think if they did short seasons, they you can, get, you can get away with a lot of things if you do short seasons. Oh, you mean like 12, 14 episode seasons? I th- and I think that I think I think anything else would would destroy the franchise. I, I mean, that's right. I think I think you have a point. I think if we just limit it to twelve episodes and we can go take some time away from the musical and things like that, because a lot of time workshops go into hibernation for a like long. if it was like if, okay, you, a I want to say this: the voice going to fall in spring starting next season is stupid. Um, <laughs> and I'm I'm totally on board with this being spring only because, I mean. If Glee is going to be around, they're they're taking these breaks clearly, and then they, they feel it feels like the 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 gap stop show. So, but I mean, they're different they're different networks, but they could work together. Why not? <laughs> well, we um, there's two things going on on Smash that we can talk about. Uh, there is the songs from the musical that they perform, and then at least once an episode, they work in something else. They, like in this last episode, we had two of them where Catherine uh, uh, McPhee performed It's a Man's World. And then the dude whose name I don't remember, who stole Desmer- Deborah Messing's heart on television and in real life, um, he performed. <laughs> Michael. Uh, Michael. Uh, he performed um, a song for you at the end of the episode. So oh, they, oh, oh, they have like in context new songs and then they have the kind of glee numbers is how it, it plays to me. Um, and I have to admit, I don't like the second ones. I only, I, it bothers me when they go into the musical portions of the show. I kind of just want it to be a, a show about I, making I think everything, every song that they did, mostly, I feel, had some form of context, mostly. Oh, they, they always have context. I mean, it's not like they just stop and do a... Well, they kind of do. I mean, that not, it's a man's not, world not was entirely. Like, of I mean. Context. It was it was it was a sweet moment, a song for you. And when they did "Rumor Has It," that was that it 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 showed. That was so much fun. (laughs) Yeah, that was great. So I mean, there was there was points to it, and as long as there's a point to the song, I I hold no faults. But it's different. It's like there are songs we do. It's a show about a musical, and so the distance between stepping out of reality, where. Like when he just started singing on the side of the street, that kind of I was like, okay, we're not in reality any, reality anymore. We're in a musical now. He was just singing though; it wasn't like crazy. It wasn't like all <laughs> of a sudden a, a high school number. band behind him that, that you've never seen. I did appreciate when they were doing um, the um, song for at the to impress Nick Jonas. The uh, the the yes. main yeah. the main writer yes. guy was like it's it's in the key of G and the and the key changes are pretty easy yeah so, it's <laughs> like, oh, oh and then they did an impromptu dance number in the living room I'm down for I'm down for that well I mean okay <laughs> you know enough people that if given half half the opportunity they will seize it to just break out in song or start performing you know something that is entirely true so we know people like this and I just think that. It doesn't, okay, it, it doesn't bother me. It doesn't distract me. I actually enjoy it because, yes, the songs are always very appropriate. And, you know, as they sometimes do on Glee, they further the story or give more insight into what the character is going through in the moment without just being dialogue. So for that, I am totally down. As long as it, it works. I mean, to me, it, it, it still always works. Even when... You know, a couple of episodes when she was at her friend's baby shower and they're like, hey, do karaoke. And I'm like, you know, they're, it was a little, you know, I'm like, okay, fine. They're, they're at a bar. Karaoke's going on. You know, that's what people do. I know lots of people who sing. And, you know, if there's a mic there, they will grab it. They will <laughs> wrestle you to the ground and take it from you and they will sing. <laughs> so I still, I... I don't have the same reaction as you. I think mm. I'm more with Ed on this that, you know, it's all 
still in context because there's still the 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 storytelling is still working through the song. Like like maybe maybe Glee has softened me, but <laughs> as, as long as, as long as it actually makes a point of it, yeah. That, or either either it fits like with the karaoke bar, or or storyline is moved from it. <laughs> that, it's I mean I that's that's where the Glee element of the show is, but that's yeah. It's the, it's the best of Glee. But yeah, I mean, That's like awesome. even the rumor has it, you know, that was awesome because that was, you know, that was a learning lesson for her. <laughs> Until and she stepped out in front of them and sang the bridge. So, and stepped back in line and did, went back into the Yeah, but then, but then she blended back in. Exactly. So. <laughs> she learned how to blend. It's a, it's a fascinating show to watch and I'm, I am enjoying it a lot. I'm enjoying it. I don't want to say more than I thought I would, but I am enjoying it a lot. I think it's a lot of fun. Um, I and and I like to see that it's getting kind of dark. It, as much as it's rare that there's that many characters on a show, and I genuinely like all of the characters except for that assistant, <laughs> except for the but writer's you're not assistant. To. I hate that kid. I want him to go oh, my, away. My, my only issue with I don't I don't know if this is an issue yet. I don't know. I'm concerned there's too many love triangles. There's just so many. Well, yeah, everyone is in a love triangle. And I, I hate know, that. There's just so many. I'm like, I wish there was just like less. And I, I think wish, that, I, wish, um, I wish there was one couple on that show that was happy. Like, that's really what I think I'm saying. It's like, well, see, well, Karen and Deb. That's the thing. Karen and Deb are not, really they're happy. They're not. They are. They're totally happy. The problem the is happiest, the show is going to ruin them because television hates happy couples. And so the show is going to break them up before the end of the season. Mark my words. But they are. I, I totally agree with Jennifer. They are the only happy couple on the show. They, the happiest couple. No, no. When... Catherine was with that other person who's going to become press secretary. I was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. oh, come on. She was being a little jealous, but they're still a happy couple. That happens in perfectly I mean, no, happy they're the couples. happiest couple. <laughs> but they're not the ha- they're not happy. They're the happiest. <laughs> it's a relative. It's a relative in the world. I mean, I could ar- I, I, I think I can make an argument. The second most happy couple is Eileen and her, the husband she's divorcing. I think I can make, <laughs> I think I can make an argument for that. Uh, Jerry. Oh god. <laughs> I love the episode where she just every time he shut up she'd throw another drink in his face. That was so good. Uh, so th- there's a lot of fun stuff on the show. It's it's definitely worth your time. Like there are plenty of shows that I will say are great shows but just don't bother or shows that are horrible and I'll be like, "Yeah, but it's still really fun." This is one show that I will say it is just straight up worth your time. If you like Glee, if you don't mind people breaking out in a song and you like the presence of music in your daily life, that that there is some way in which the melodrama and the pathos and the melody of music, you know, is a part of your life. I think that's totally going to ring true in Smash. I think it, it's all in there and it's a really it's a lot of fun. I don't I think it's a fun show to watch. Um, we, I did pull down one more song that we could take a listen to since, uh, the last one was, um, a Catherine McPhee song, uh, from the pilot. Let me be your star by Ivy. We have let me be your star, uh, Catherine McPhee and Megan Hilty on this song. So you can get a bit of both Maryland's on the track. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so here's a bit of, uh, let me be your star, uh, by Catherine McPhee and Megan Hilty on the Gleeful podcast. Nashville. Smashful podcast. Because <laughs> as of this day, Norma Jean's gone. She's moving on. Her smile and your fantasies play a duet that will make you forget where you are. The music starts playing. It's the beat of her heart. Let 
that's uh that's pretty much it for for me jennifer for, for any... smash yeah and for now smash. on to the next subject oh we have another subject uh i thought i thought you promised me a little idle time okay you can have a little idle time um go okay well i'm in love with elise Testone. I am not in love with the fact that Jimmy Iovine is trying to put Elise in the Haley Reinhardt box with with the, his song selection this week, but I f forgive him, I guess. I guess. And there's... Skylar Lane is like Lauren Elena, but with bite. And Philip Phillips, I want to like him, but he's a little too much. And Colton Dixon has a decent shout of the crown. He's kind of like Stefano Langon plus James Durbin. And yeah, yeah, he's, he's kind of like that. And let's see what else. Um, Jessica Sanchez, I don't know yet. I mean, she's awesome. She's amazing. But I, I still have been convinced. Holly Kavanaugh shocked me tonight. I thought, like, I know she did Reflection last week and she did good, but she did much better on the Whitney song this week, in my opinion. So this it, it's shaping up to be an exciting season. I don't, I don't know how it's going to go. And I... Thought I predicted a final two, which was Elise and Philip, but tonight, tonight challenged that concept. I'm not sure. I'm not legitimately don't know who the final two is going to be at the moment. There you go. I guess I could say more, but if you're. <laughs> I was just teasing. Yeah. Well, that's, that's cool. I haven't seen a single episode and we've gotten lots of requests uh, about the Idol Review, which was the pod podcast we used to about it, do about Idol, but I'm just, I can't do you it. Can't be, you can't be, you can't be over it because they I'm they made so a very calculated it. move this season to make it feel more youthful, and they they are succeeding overall. I would say. I I mean I guess I did I watched the top thirteen girls sing on YouTube. I just watched the performances without any backstory or anything, and there were seriously like. No, I don't think there was a single girl on there that I really liked. Not even Elisa Stone. Come on. Which Come one was on. that? What did she, she sing in one, Top 13? What? What did she sing? She sang one and only. Not. She, like, she was she the last one at the very end of <laughs> yeah, the show? She was the last one. Because two one. people did that song in that episode. Okay, yes. She I liked. She's the only one I liked. Well, that's, that who, that's, that's who I'm voting for. That's who I've been voting for whilst recording. Well, and so. it was so interesting watching it without backstories. And I realized, are they all this bad? Have they always been this bad? No, no, but because always, we know okay, backstory. Josh, I've been I've been not watching with the judges' reviews since season six. They've uh, always been this way. Okay. The only difference is you get emotionally attached to characters, and that, and then you get you you imagine story arcs. The only the, the season that I legitimately started listening to judges' comments again la was last year, mm -hmm. unfortunately enough, but. <laughs> so if, if it's always been this way you just had the backstory to uh to make, give it give it some more filling but i would say i would say that this, this season could it's it could be one of the best ones i mean i'm not gonna say wow. it is but it could be it's it definitely has that potential it doesn't feel season nine so wow. well okay so i have only seen the the clips of the top 13 girls mm -hmm. perform it was when when that yeah, show with the, the girls, girls kind of... same song twice or two girls did the same song and i only i didn't i fast forwarded the video because each video was about five minutes long i fast forwarded it to a minute and a half so it was just starting when they were singing so i didn't see any of their audition i didn't see any of their sob stories i didn't hear about how they missed their kids i didn't hear about how you know they overcame all of these horrific things in life all I did was just watch them perform, and I was a little bit underwhelmed. <laughs> I mean, there were a I lot of girls who weren't very good. Yeah, I mean, and, that's 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 a fact. I didn't. And you have, and you have some girls who don't don't have personalities figured out yet because they're still a little young. Yeah, I mean, and, and and I didn't see them at auditions, so I didn't see like that one great raw, you know, untainted moment before they knew enough to be scared and they oh, were just yeah. like laying it out on the line because remember like there were so many people that we would watch over the years who had like this great like incredible moment maybe it was even hollywood week or whatever and yeah. you're just like oh okay 
And then you forgave them a lot because you kept going back to that one moment. Brandon Rogers. Andrew Garcia, Garcia syndrome. What? Thank exactly. you. Thank you. Yes, both of those. Exactly. So without any of that, I was just utterly underwhelmed. So hmm. I don't a lot know. Of, like, I, like you watch them in order. One of the first six girls who performed made the top 13. So if you watch them in order, I would yeah. be pretty underwhelmed too. Wait, only one girl made the top 13? No, no, no. Only one of the first six girls. Oh, okay. So if you watch them in yeah. like... I did. And I didn't even I didn't even watch the full clip. I mean, I, I probably watched two minutes from each girl. I mean, I would... I. You know, at least get them, let them get into the hook. And I was like, if you're not... If you're not... If you haven't sold me... Yeah, if, you, if you're not in the pocket by the hook, then we're... Yeah. There's there's some good there's some good talent and and there's potential for this to be very good. Of course, it could go awry as <laughs> as is always possible, but I'm I'm willing to give it the opportunity. Now, is America voting at this point or is it strictly judges? It's been America since, for since last week. Okay. Yeah, I I don't remember. So, was it last week? It must have been last week though. I haven't done the same thing with the guys. I mean, I might out of curiosity do that and I didn't at all listen to the judges' feedback. Hmm. You should you should just watch this episode I, I mean mm. if you're because there's there was lots of guys that weren't really worth your time yeah. i don't know but because, I mean, because it was stevie wonder 10. and whitney houston night yeah. there was there were some people who rose the challenge and some people who didn't oh my mm. god whitney houston night did they just hand out guns i mean to it, people? That's, i mean it's always intimidating but especially now that's just there's some girls who rose unfair. the challenge wow <laughs> like kavanaugh surprised me skylar lane surprised me too um Elise Testone surprised me in the worst way because she kind of failed voted. Uh, well, uh, yeah, you know, um, I, I'm. I'll, we watch, I'll follow like, it peripherally. I will not watch an entire episode, but I'll, I'll watch the clips online. I'll yeah, check maybe it out. maybe once it narrows down a little bit, I'll pay a little more attention. I don't know. I just there's a, more than enough stuff going on. I have so little time these days. Mm. I can't find time to justify American Idol. Yeah, I just and, and Glee on top of it, but. Um, anyway, uh, that's about it uh, as far as that updated. goes. Yes, thank you, Ed. That was actually really good. Uh, that, I said that actually. Sorry. That was really good. Uh, and uh, do you have any iTunes reviewers that you would like to thank? Uh, mm, I was like, who's that? So let's stall for a moment why we... It was... iTunes is... Oh, it's just open, thankfully. While it's opening... You should all check out Spotify. It's the legal way to enjoy Wait, we're not getting money music. from them. I'm not. <laughs> yeah, we don't like Spotify. We don't get money until they write a check. Until they have an online client. No, but, we but, don't but, play but Spotify. It's, there's, there's an app called on there called uh, We Are Hunted. And it's really, it's, I they, they like do like this chart of emerging artists, the top hmm. 99 emerging artists. And and I was going through those and I was like, there's there were some fierce things on that list. So, so if you do have Spotify, I recommend We Are Hunted, the app, the app within the application. <laughs> All right. I'll definitely try that. See, at work, my computer is a Linux box and I can't install anything on it because I don't have root access. And that was a sentence that meant nothing to 99% wow. of the audience. Uh, Ed, would you my, like to thank any iTunes reviewer? Uh, no, iTunes is being stupid. I'll just okay. do it next, week. Just, uh, next I don't, week. I don't recall there being any new ones and I check them relatively. It's in like three days. So unless they post in the last three days. There hasn't been any new ones. Okay. Well, uh, definitely There's check us out on there. You can find us online at gleefulpodcast.com, on Twitter at gleefulpodcast. I'm at Josh Bernal. She's at Jenny B. Creative. He's at Edward G. Ordano. And uh, you can always find us on Facebook. Just search for Gleeful Podcast, um, Stitcher, and Get Glue, and a whole bunch of other places you can find us. <laughs> uh, and all kinds of fun stuff there. Uh, and I guess that's it for the Gleeful Podcast with Josh, Jen, and Ed. I'm Josh. I'm Jen. I'm Ed. Vote, vote for Elise Testone, please. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, everyone. Good night.
uh, very big happy birthday to Wes. Uh, Wes is screwed on Twitter and uh, a very active and vocal member of the show. So very happy birthday to him. I'm not going to sing. You don't want that. No one wants that. Why does no one want that, Josh? No I'm sure that. you're quite competent. Go ahead, Ed. We, I, I'm sure you are, I said. <laughs> I mean, I would do it, but you, I don't know. I don't know if that's really what you want to happen. <laughs> <laughs>